here to bring some light to the pain three nicks addicts dougie fresh are you comatose are you alive how you feeling that was a game of waking illusion i was watching i just could not believe my eyes at the level of shittiness i was seeing but it was just oh so very real absolutely ban alfred payton d-boy what's good you're ask any coach high school middle school b squad any guy on a fucking park bench you think you should run an out of bounds play down one with five seconds to go just saying no man you have these players in their iso players and you give them the iso ball and you let them iso hey and it's gonna bring you it's gonna bring a whole bunch of sadness just like me sad monty Final score, Pups, 102. Short Pants, 101. Walt Suit, Extended Winter. Minnesota brought the chill to every Knicks fan's spines. We're going to get into Quick Hits. Quick Hits. In the words of Walt, a ghastly loss. Let's give out some trophies. The Kaiden Randall, who's your daddy most valuable player, goes to this past draft's top pick, Anthony Edwards. His late-game heroics led the Timberwolves back into the game, and his assist to Malik Beasley put Minnesota up for the first time and the last. The it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Tale of Two Cities' golden bookmark goes to both Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. They were dominant the entire game until the final 2 minutes and 30 seconds where they combined to go 0 for 3, including RJ's missed game-winning step-back jumper. The uncut gems bedazzled Furby pendant goes to Jawan Howard's cousin, 20-year-old Jaden McDaniels, who tied his career high with four threes and had 18 points. Yo, Jaden! On a night where the Knicks played down to their competition, the Vin Diesel Platinum Pacifier goes to the steadying hand of Alec Burks. His nine second quarter points helped swell the Knicks' lead to 15, even if only for a short time. And the sad stat of the game? Obi Toppin made a three tonight, his first in his last nine games. Free Obi! This day in sad Knicks history, March 31st, 2006, Philadelphia 117, New York 112. Eddie Curry was feasting in the paint, but Nate Robinson showed his worth with 34 points. Andrea Godala, 14 points. Chris Webber, 34 points. And Allen Iverson, 47 points, were all at different points in their careers, but contributed to a fun showing at the Garden. Well, it's disappointing. We're disappointed because of the turnovers. We beat ourselves. R.J. Barrett has been rendering his critics silent since the All-Star break. He is cementing himself as a budding star and is growing game in, game out. Including him in the same sentence with Zion and Ja feels much less foolish now, but he has a long ways to go before he establishes himself in a class with the greatest of the young crop in the league. With the NBA elite mostly on the wrong side of 30, the league will look very different in the next 5-10 to years. As many of these neophytes will be given the opportunity to be one of the faces of the league, how does our 20-year-old Canadian wunderkind stack up against his peers? 
It's great to hear RJ mentioned in the same breath as the future of the NBA. But if you look back just a couple years, a survey amongst GMs would have said that they would take Cat over any other player to start a franchise. Well, one team has had Cat for the last couple of years and hasn't really done much with them. It's crazy how RJ has been asked to do so much stuff that he didn't come into the league doing well. Like, his ability to catch and shoot off the three now is so essential because he has to run out there every single night with Alfred Payton. So somebody's going to have to make a three in that starting lineup, and it's not just going to be Julius Randle night after night. So tonight he was called upon to isolate and make the last shot. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to do it. He was called upon to carry a heavy load of the volume scoring, which he did a very solid job of. But there were moments where he was called upon to defer to Julius Randle. He's given so many hats, so many identities, so many challenges, and he's risen to a lot of them. That's the biggest problem. It's the deferment to Julius Randle. And Julius has earned a lot of it. But if you look at tonight's game, Randle, they were playing strict ISO in the last five minutes as Minnesota chipped away. Randle was hitting his shots, and then he started to miss a couple. And the first touch RJ got was within the final 30 seconds of the game, which was that turnover off his leg. And it's like, how is a guy who led the Knicks the entire way through going to be such an afterthought? When you go bigger picture here, it really is symbolism for the way that he's treated. Well, and it's the long-term planning that I am most concerned about because, as you said, in five to 10 years, None of the LeBron era people are going to be here. And you need to build to that five years from now instead of just looking at, oh, who? how can I marginally make my team better year to year? It's like, no, I have a foundational piece. How do I maximize this foundational piece into the best possible version of themselves? Do you think that RJ is basically going through a very rigorous period of development right now? And in the next year or two, he'll really, really blossom and he'll really be able to lead this team? I think that you see certain skills, especially when we just talk about his scoring, that are slowly getting better. That little mid-range game that he's had this season was not there last year. That's why I thought that final shot was a good shot. I would have taken nah, that but shot he, nine times that out of step, ten. That step back is not there yet. Though that 18-footer right. Kobe right. Bryant contested step back, RJ doesn't have it yet. And to be real, we need to give him time to cook, and he needs a bunch of these kinds of shots that he got, that final shot, so that he can grow into a player who is ice cold with it. Because that was a difficult shot to make. It really was. Do you think there are pieces on this team that he needs to remain tied to, that he needs to learn to play off of to be able to grow? Quickly. Agreed. And it was very uh, concerning for me, the previous game, that quickly was being subbed in for RJ. RJ was being clicked. Like, you got to play the young guys that are going to be here longer than two or three years together and see what chemistry you have with them. He was developing great chemistry with Mitch before he went down. He has good chemistry with Frank when Frank plays. You got to see who this guy plays well with and move around from there. And no matter how exciting this season is, whether you wanted us to tank and get a Jalen Suggs or a Cade Cunningham, or you want the Knicks to make a real playoff run, maybe even win a series, we ain't winning a chip this year. We do not have that kind of delusions of grandeur. So you have to still think future, because if it's a difference between a fifth 
seed or a seventh seed or even a ninth seed, if it means your team is better in three or four years when these guys are starting to hit their prime, then like how can you avoid that? It just seems so nearsighted. Roll that. Light that. Smoke that. It's time for Blanta. I'm going to be blunt with you. College basketball is boring as fuck, and I've enjoyed G League games, so that's saying something. D-Boy says you got to watch Gonzaga versus USC, two of the top three players in this year's draft. All right. Evan Mobley, I see what they're saying about you, but I don't really see it yet. Jalen Suggs, on the other hand, a beast. Great point guard, driver, shooter, defense, full package of a guard with the heart to boot. Love to see him in a Knicks jersey. Um, but the best player I saw was a mustachio visage named Drew Timmy. Dude was saucing. Had all the post moves. Great passer, just a throwback player with swag and triplicates. He took on like the thoroughly entertaining wrestling heel vibe. Kind of captures the spirit of an unpaid game, you know? And I'll leave you with this. He was quoted saying his mustache does magical things. Well, abracadabra, voila, I'm sold. We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks bit. And always remember, Taj Gibson holds the record for the highest single season field goal percentage in Timberwolves history. (laughs) 